we are live. We're live again in high G's uh, with no intro, uh, no countdown this week. And uh, and and although we're going to be talking music, um, no tunes because uh, YouTube and Facebook um, <laughs> banned us, <laughs> blocked the videos last week. Uh, and we want to make it easier um, for people to access and watch this because um, we've had some pretty good feedback about these conversations. Um, so we're not going to we're not going to um, be playing the music tonight. But one of the things that we are doing is we're compiling um, uh, we're compiling a playlist um, of all the songs that we talk about on this series of the JFDI podcast. So tonight it is my great great pleasure. Uh, to introduce to you a very, very good friend of mine um, whose whose name has given everyone that knows him lots of fun over the years, especially as our children have grown up. And they say, what? Dad, you know Gary Barlow? Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) The one and only, or not the one and only, the original. Um, uh, it's my great pleasure to have him with me here tonight, talking, well, talking what we normally talk, um, which to some will be complete shit. <laughs> um, uh, but we're going to cover a raft of topics, no doubt, tonight. So without further ado, um, will you give a big, big warm welcome to the uh, the now somewhat uh, smaller uh, Gary Barlow. Good evening, Saul. Good evening, Graham. How are you, <laughs> I'm very, very well. How are you doing? Good. I'd just like to point out, firstly, I think we talk shite as well, so everybody's going to just sort of realise how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it wasn't It wasn't like me saying, um, I've got Gary Barlow on tonight, and therefore <laughs> it's going to be shit. It's that we talk shit all the time. So, it is. Um, it's just, uh, and we it's both agree thing. on that. Yeah, it's our thing. It is. It is indeed. So, um, how how are you this uh, this fine uh, Thursday evening? Uh, it's closer to Friday, which is good. So that always makes me happy <laughs> on a Thursday. Weekends come. Well, we'll say the weekends come. It's just like one day is the same as the other at the minute. It's not really the weekend anymore, is it? But you still look forward to it. We do. We do. We do. We look forward to the weekend. And as much as... Uh, um, Monday, Monday to Monday to Thursday. Um, I, I I've been looking forward to Thursday nights. I've been see before we we, we started doing the podcast. People have been having to put up with me spinning tunes in here on a Thursday night as well. So I I kind of quite look forward to Thursday nights. But I am um, I was very very excited about tonight. Very <laughs> because you you're, don't know what questions I've got written down. <laughs> you're only human to be excited for me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know this is it. Um, so everybody knows that we're talking about. Let me get the rest. There's a cushion attacking me. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk tunes. Uh, um, and uh, I, I was just explaining before you come on. We did we we spun the tunes last week with Colin, but um, I think you know you and I agreed gonna be best if we yeah. Um, for you know people the people that might like our our, our blend of shit talk um, and want to watch it and if. YouTube are taking it down. Um, it just uh, it makes it a little bit easier if we just talk about the tunes. So um, it's probably better. It's probably better. Some people don't actually hear the tunes are picked anyway. <laughs> well, that well that leads brilliantly on to your first choice of, of song, um, which is Mister Manilow. 
Barry uh, Manilow, um, and I write the songs. Yeah. So what's the what's the story with that? Just takes me back to a time when everything was simpler. There was no hassle in the world. You were young. Um, I don't know about anybody else's mom or parents, whatever. Um, a Sunday in our house was cleaning day. And we're going back to the sort of cleaning day. Cleaning day. My mum used to clean the house top to bottom on a Sunday. Okay. So uh, the record player was on while she was cleaning, and she put one of two albums on. It was Barry Manilow. Or Doctor Hook. <laughs> so, by the time I was about ten, I knew every single word to every single Barry Manilow and Doctor Hook song, and it just takes you, me back. You think about music; it takes me back to a time when there was no problems in the world. Everything was fine. Everything was rosy. You were a child. You were innocent. You know, yeah. the, whole, the world was your oyster, and it sort of brings you back to a happy time in your life. Yeah. You know, so it was just. It sort of reminds me of that, and I still. I, Still have some of his music somewhere in the house, but don't tell anyone. There's only, only me and you ever going to see this, so that's <laughs> fine. So nobody's going to know. Do you know, do you know that I actually so uh, confession? Um, I actually bought. So I have a little bit, little bit of a, a thing for um, vinyl, um, and I'm not. And, and I went through a phase of not being too fussed about like what I was buying. I just needed to get my hands on it, yeah. and I like going into charity shops. And uh, and I, I remember coming out of this um, charity shop, um, and uh, and Karen was like, "What? What's that?" And I was like, "I bought a Barry Manilow album." She's like, "How much was it?" I says, "I think it was it was about seventy nine pence." <laughs> and it, it has that on it. I I need to dig it out. It's in here somewhere. Um, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I bet when it comes on. It just brings that sort of warmth, doesn't it? And it brings a, a yeah. bit of a smile. It is, and like for for his time as well, he was just so far ahead of anything. I thought, you know, yeah. back then, and you know, and there was nothing more surprising than when he came out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> nothing more surprising. <laughs> shocked the music industry. I haven't been so shocked since Elton John. <laughs> oh, he was an absolute genius back in the eighties. Like he just had, he just had the, the housewife of the world eating out of his hand. Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, and it's isn't it amazing when you when you think and I, I think um, when you think about um, that, like you say, that much simpler, mm. um, that much simpler world when we were when we were that age, and you think of um, you think of now, and how like kids that are like that age that we were then, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not that simple anymore, is it? The whole the whole world's changed. The whole dynamic of the world's changed. Things like this have, yeah. ruined, the, have ruined the childhood for most kids. I think you know that's they're so worried about people liking them and people liking their posts and people you know accepting them on social media that they forget there's a real world out there. Yeah, like you don't run about. You still see kids knocking about the streets. Something okay, not during a pandemic, hopefully, but you know you still see kids knocking about the street, but it's nowhere near as much. You know, they're missing out on the whole part of the childhood that we had. Yeah. You know, so it's... Yeah, very, it's sad. very It's sad. I read, I read somewhere, um, I read somewhere last week about the amount of data um, that is being consumed. Um, and, and it was... It said that the average person today consumes as much data um, through all forms of... Media 
um, as somebody that was living in, in the 1500s did in their entire life in one day. Oh, one day. Very believable. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. Very believable. Absolutely crazy. I know. Yes, indeed, and that so and and, and we won't we won't uh, we won't go into actually how long ago that was. Well, I think most people our age will, will know exactly. Um, but uh, when we were ten, um, that was that was a long time ago. Uh, it was early eighties. I'm, I'm fast approaching the uh, in two months. Two months will be the big fifty, right? So I know. You know, it scares you too, isn't it? Isn't it crazy? Absolutely crazy. So. Let, 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 let's 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 move on um, just a few years down the line because that um, sort of um, mid it must be mid eighties was it around or mid to late eighties for your next song Soul to Soul Back to Life late eighties at late eighties was it eighty eight eighty eight eighty nine around there yeah jazzy uh, B reason, the, reason I picked that is I just left home I was seventeen. I'd never been to London before. I'd never been, you know, away by myself before. And that's when I joined the old job. So I went across to London, then up to Lincolnshire for, I was meant to be, what is it, how many weeks? It was meant to be six. I was there about 13 or 14. And then we went to uh, Hydrating or West Drayton. Yeah. You have to remember. How how did you you end up, um, how did you end up at, uh, was it Swinderby? Yeah. How did you end up there for 14 weeks? What happened there? Because I didn't master how to step, uh, how to stop quickly at a medicine ball without wrecking my ankle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> run, ah, up the, okay. run up to a medicine ball. Every, my ankle stopped. The rest of my body decided to go on and just snapped everything that was there. So I had about four or five weeks in holding flight and crutches and all that kind of messing about. But... What do you what so what would you actually do on holding flight? Um whenever you're uh, all, all that I can remember is you used to march behind your flight on crutches. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then with and they didn't slow down because you're going like trying to keep up with these crutches and you know the blisters in your hands. I always remember the blisters in your hands and you're wrapping the crutches in uh putties around the cup crutches to stop the grip. So something like I always remember yeah. that. But while your flight was away doing stuff, you had to go and most of the time you just had to go and sit in a room. <laughs> this room you just went and sat in. Plus I was, was, I was that getting when, quite was that when you started smoking then. <laughs> no, it wasn't far from it to be honest. But um, yeah. the only good thing is I was getting quite extensive physio on it. So every day I was in getting physio and treatment and stuff like that. So I was getting that for most of the time. Yeah. You know, so it was it was quite good and it, it did heal up a lot better and quicker than it should have, I thought. But uh, anyway, I'm getting, you're sidetracking me. Right, soul to soul. <laughs> it's all right. Cool. What's the nightclub in Oxbridge? Was it Regals? That's the one. Right, I can never remember the name of it. <laughs> Regals or Regimes. I always get Regals and Regimes mixed up, but I think Regimes was in Stoke. Right, That's a different story. But um, And I'd never heard this... I was in, I used to go to a place in Banbridge all the time. That was the nightclub I went to before I left. And it was your erasures, it was Bros, it was all the Nambi Pambi stuff, right? I remember going into Regals and this song came on and I had never heard anything like it before. And it was soul to soul back to life. And the whole dance floor just filled and everybody went mental for this song. 
I'd never heard yeah. it, and it just it changed the way I thought about music. And I thought that changed that song sort of changed the dance and soul movement for me. It was yeah. like it, I think it was just up there as far as it went, and it just changed the way I looked at music. I just thought it was just like nothing I'd heard before, and I loved it. <laughs> You know, it was just it was it was good and I, I know what you mean about it kind of changing the face because there was a there was a different there was a different kind of vibe to it wasn't there yeah it was it was just some more mellow but still had the beat yeah it was just you could, you could relax to it and you could dance to it and it was never a song like that for me there's nothing to get a sort of relaxed while dancing to it. it was just it was just smooth it was just it just changed the whole dynamic of music for me yeah and jazzy b's voice yeah it was something. It's something, isn't it? I mean, he, even now I listen to him because he does. Um, you hear him pop up occasionally, yeah. um, and even now, I mean, he must be what in his sixties. He must be. I haven't heard from him about him in years. To be honest with you, I haven't seen him in anything, so I cannot comment. So that was so that was at uh, at Uxbridge that you heard that, which yeah. was towards. Um, which was, was would be yeah, trade training. It was uh, it was eighty nine. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine. And then from and then from West Straiton, uh, what what happened? <laughs> I must have annoyed somebody there because <laughs> it sent me sent me to Bucking. <laughs> I always remember. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't remember the order in uh, me and Young uh, me and me and Gabs. Yeah, we went through training together, and we were pretty pretty good mates. To be honest with you, like I I'd been to Red Car and all to see the parents and stuff, and um, I can't remember which order it was in. I think they said to Gabs, "You're going to Buckham. Do we put you in the room and tell you where you're going?" Yeah. So everybody was going through. I think it was maybe it was only us two left. Maybe I'm wrong. And they were going. To, you're going to Nita's head. You're going to Bulmer. You're Bulmer. You're Bulmer. You're Nita's head. The gabs, you're bucking, and I, I think it was me started laughing. I was one of the, I can't remember if it was me or him or him or me, which way it was, but I remember the final line, right? Was I think they said to him, You're going to bucking. I burst out laughing, or maybe him, I can't remember which way it was, and I went, Don't know what you're laughing at, and help him carry his bags. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how it was told. It was like, was it was I think it was Dave Dempsey told us that you can carry his bags. So out of the whole thing, only us two went there. Yeah. So yes, made the joyous uh, the joyous uh, train journey the whole way what up. Happened on the train. Whatever happens in that train, there's never any seats, so you're standing from London to Aberdeen <laughs> the whole way. There's never a seat on it, so you just have to, you know, take the whole yeah. stand the whole way as you get up there. Yeah. And of course, you get this. And then once you get past Aberdeen, you know, you think, oh, nice big city, I'm fine here. You get on this bus that just takes you to the absolute crotch of nowhere. <laughs> and it didn't even drop you off. It dropped you off in the main road and you had to walk up Newton Farm Newton Farm. Yeah. yeah, you get you got you get thrown off, get thrown off that bus with the mm -hmm. the, the the wind from the North Sea blasting you full in the face. Uh -huh. You're looking out, all you can see is the sea on one side, tree grass and like <laughs> not much else on no. the other. And no, and I'm, you're told up there. <laughs> I would have preferred if the bus driver had actually stopped though. 
<laughs> straight away. And, that's and, that, and, that was, and that was it. And the end of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so what 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 um what would you say of that? So how long how long did you spend in the uh, in the Air Force in the end? Six. Just about just about a couple of months, shy of six. What thing, what do you what do you remember most about your time in? Hangovers. Hangovers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the next day. But you've just lots of wee memories. The time what I remember most is just the camaraderie and the friendship we we all made. Like look at us now, we're still talking to each other after what, thirty years? You know? And we're still winding each other up and giving each other grief and you know, still very much part of each other's lives. And that 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 doesn't go away. You know, no. so that's that's the most thing. Um the job itself, as I think I've mentioned to you before, I remember very little about. I just can't remember what I did. But I think as most people know me, when I was up there, I did sort of um like to drink a wee bit. <laughs> One or two. One or two, just a wee bit. So most of my time there was sort of spent, as I say, hungover or actually in the state of drunkenness. But did um, the night pub for I days. I like I like to have a wee beer now, but I just it's maybe the Northern Irish man in me. I don't know. I just like to have a wee beer. But uh, <laughs> no, it's it's it was a making off me and the ruining off me in in other ways, you know. So yeah, I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it, 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 apart from apart from hangovers, do you do you remember anything about? Do you, what do you, what do you remember about the job? <laughs> I remember when you guys were over here last year, and they were all sitting talking about how they used to do this and how to do that and this that and that, and then work that would do this and they would do that. And I was thinking, going, did I even work there? Because <laughs> I remember what a tote is. <laughs> That's about it. But I sort of wasn't sort of like a dedicated Scopey. I sort of done a couple of years on Sea Watch and then um, training section, then Type 92. So I was never, but in six years, was in three different deployments within the same base. Yeah. And then six months, of course, overseas. But um, so, you know, I was changing job that often. You have to remember the time I was doing Scopey stuff was. The first two years, where, and then I was doing mobiles, and then and training section. Sorry, and then on the mobile, so I was quite varied. So all the guys talking about that was probably stuff like I never, I never even did. <laughs> were, were you were you a dedicated swamp donkey? No, um, I would follow the swamp donkeys, and I would go and watch them. And I played a couple of sevens and there's section ones and stuff like that. And then I decided, yeah. look, I'm going to start playing rugby again because I played rugby from I was seven until I was, um, until I until I joined up. I played rugby religiously; it was my favourite sport in the world. And then yeah. played for the first game for the Swamp Donkeys. Um, I actually dislocated my shoulder very early on. Right, just went out, so I sort of went back in again fairly easily enough. So I tried to play on a wee bit longer, but I just couldn't do it. And yeah. then from that moment on, any any time I done anything, my shoulder popped. So it was yeah. I went and seen about it and stuff, and it was no good. And they said, "Oh, we can pin you and fix it, but you may never be able to play again anyway." So I says, "Look, I'll just I'll just stop playing." Yeah, you know. But rugby wasn't sport like, and 
you know, kind of, I carried on playing basketball a wee bit up there, but rugby was my love. But I still, I still went to the sports and socials and all that kind of stuff, you know, wouldn't stop that. Yeah. But then whenever, whenever I knew I had to stop playing, as I say, it was only when I started playing, trying to play again properly after a couple of years off, my shoulders went. Um, the Air Force put me through my referees course and my coaching course and stuff. So I stayed involved, you know, doing wee bits and pieces like that. Just trying to stay yeah. involved in the game. But uh, no, I was, I was, I was watching as many matches as I could, like, when I was up there. You had a couple. You had a you had a few detachments um, well, in, during your time, didn't you? Um, any any standout look. any standout moments or things that um, or um, who gets detached? Yeah. The HMS Intrepid for two weeks with, with Malcolm Clark and doesn't have memories. <laughs> I would say anyone that knows Malcolm Clark. <laughs> See, we want. I always remember we went down there. And sorry, Malcolm. <laughs> sorry, I'm not, uh, doctor, I'm, doctor I'm, Malcolm I'm, Clark. I'm not sorry, Malcolm. No, we deserve it. <laughs> and um, we, went, we went down to the Intrepid. It was in, where is it, Rosyth? So we went down to Rosyth and on to the Intrepid, which is a flat bottom marine landing, one of the big ship chowers. Yeah. Um, and we're down to just work computers there for two weeks. And uh, so we got there. We went, they put us in this one, I don't know what you call them, on ships. Everybody's sleeping yeah. in them, just the mess in the mess where the beds are. It wasn't the best, the barracks, kind of thing. It wasn't a mess, but we went into the bunks and we would have put us into this place that was loaded. No, the, the me- no they, they called where they slept the mess and, and what we and what we called the mess, which was where we yet. ate. They imagine. called uh, oh, answers on a, on a postcard for anybody that's watching because Gordon and I did HMS Glasgow, so that yeah, so they. they where they sleep, they call the mess. mess. Is, it? Is it the galley? Do they call the Do they call the mess the it galley? Could the galley? It could be the yeah. galley. Yeah, yeah, um, navy. <laughs> well, it's the first time I ever heard the expression "doby dust." Doby dust. That's yes. the first time I ever heard it was on there. But um, and anybody who doesn't know what doby dust or doby dust is, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Work it out yourselves, I'm not telling you. Um, but we went in, there was all these Royal Marines in this mess, as you want to call it then. Malcolm Clark's yeah. first words. All right, lads, get your fags out. <laughs> and I just went, you know, I didn't set us off in a good tone. But then a couple of them said, we're going in Inverkeething for the night. Did I pronounce that right, Inverkeething? Inverkeething, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we went in there, I think there's maybe one nightclub and a pub in there. And we went there and we got absolutely rode off because we were told the ship wasn't going for two days. So we got absolutely rode off. So I got back. I was sick as a pig. I really was. And we went back and uh, we'd spent all our money. The pair of us had spent all our money because we thought, right, we're not going for another day. We can go to the bank and get more money. But it sailed the very next morning. So for two weeks, we had no money. No cigarettes, we were all like smokers at the time, and all So we spent two weeks actually scrounging off, guys, you know, just to try and get, get by it. But it was, a, it was a good attachment, it really, really was. It was quite interesting. It was uh, during the World Cup in 1990 because every time England were playing, um, I would say Scotland, but they weren't there. But every time England were playing, um, they brought the ship in closer to shore to get a TV signal. So it was quite a good way to work it. It was it was it was a good yeah. trip. 
I knew another detachment that really had well, well I had ones here for a couple of days there and a couple of days here. Uh, it was uh, Desert Storm for yes. six months in Saudi. Six months, was, you okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went out in January and came back in June or July. I can't remember which one. But, wow. but I was the only man came for the first three months was like, you know, they call me Casper because I had no tan. Because I worked the night shift. Well, permanently? Yeah. So I worked the night shift and slept all day. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, that was, you know, that was fine. Yeah. Uh, me and another guy went and I went, um, right, who's doing days, who's doing nights? I straight away went and said nights, no problem at all. Yeah. Uh, it, was me, it was me, Greg was doing the day shifts. But you see, I'd, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd watched the news and I'd worked out that scones come at night. So he's he's trying to sleep during the night with all these earlier sirens going off. He never slept for two or three months. I was asleep during the day like that every day. <laughs> I, was fine. I may have been white, but I was well rested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was so, saying, saying the other day. I remember. Um, I remember the uh, um, some of the blueies. I probably still got them somewhere. You know, I've, I've never thrown anything like that out. That's the um, you know, and none of that now. You know everything. Everything. All communications all to the world had to be handwritten, blueies, sealed, forces aerograms in the post, and you would get them a few days later. And then, you know, phone calls. Um, yeah. Yeah. How much? How much was a phone card? <laughs> I don't know. What we what I asked used to do was go to a, a, phone, a telephone exchange. Yes. A big a big a building and there's a big maybe a hundred phones in there. And you had to pay money and queue up to use these phones. Yeah, for like you know, five was, minutes or something. Yeah, it was surreal. It was very, very yeah, surreal. Yeah, it was crazy, wasn't it? Absolutely crazy. Yeah. So, so, so a few detachments. Did you do any? Um, did you do any sporting um, kind of uh, pursuits or detachments? Um, just went away to play. I didn't do any of your skiing or anything like that. But a couple of times, you know. When you're part of the basketball squad, we had to go away and play other units. It was that kind of thing, you know, with the West Street and uh, Linton upon Ooze. Yeah. Uh, just several different places, you know. So it was just like they were only day trips, day flight down, stay overnight, back up again, you know, but there's no real sporting or long jeopardy ones, you know, it was all very, very yeah. quick. The best one I ever done was sitting in the crew room one day, and I can't remember who I come in and says, uh, was guys from the Pharaohs were down visiting, and I said, "Does anybody want to go take the Pharaohs guys on a whiskey tour on the whiskey trail?" <laughs> and I, think, I think it was me and Big Stu, Big Stu Harry, just went. And who? So Big Stu, Stu Addison. Stu Addison. Oh, oh my uh, lord! I think so. <laughs> so we we spent the whole day on a bus with the guys from the Pharaohs going around all the different distilleries. So that was drinking whiskey. Yeah. Oh my lord. I've had worse days at work. <laughs> what, what kind of what kind of neck were the guys from Pharaohs in at the end of the day? I, they're big drinkers. If I remember right, a lot of them are big drinkers, like you know, eating fermented <laughs> mackerel, eating fermented herring and mackerel is going to give you some line into your stomach, like <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, I can still remember the best whiskey in that whole trip was Glen Farkless. Unbelievable. Glen Farkless. Yeah. It's a cracking whiskey, single malt. Mm. 
was I've not had that happen, you know, not, not, had, not had that one, not had it for a while. Mm. Me neither, but I always remember the name of it because it was so nice. Where? That's a free tip for anybody who likes whiskey. Glen Farkless, there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. So back at, it would be back, um, before I, before I ask you, um, uh, before I, I would, before I ask you the next question, it kind of leads right into um, Blue Pearl because that was still amongst the uh, the bucking days. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to let you tell your story because my memories of you and Blue Pearl, I'm glad we spoke about that last night. I don't think anybody wants to hear about you strolling up the Flamingo Block Corridor. Absolutely starkers, fresh from the never, shower. Never happened. <laughs> punch. I've got that. I've got that, that that song in my head with that vision. <laughs> All I know about that is that carpet was fairly rough. Walking <laughs> up there, you took the skin <laughs> off it. <laughs> no, but, um, no, I was one of these ones, and there was a lot of us, a lot of us up there that done it. That young guys getting money for the first time, we like our music. Let's spend all our music on a stereo system we can't afford. So <laughs> I went in. <laughs> I yeah, went in there. Curry, curries. I went in, curries. Bought like the biggest Technic system they had. Could never afford it. Paid it off. It's, uh, uh, people have probably paid their student loans off quicker. <laughs> it took me to pay this thing off. So I had that. And I, it was my favourite song at the time and I always had it blasting in the room and everybody sort of knew when they heard that song oh he's on a step well they heard the stereo to begin with but then they knew that was the song I was always playing but I never let my door lock my door was always open and you'd come back and there's people that had been in your room and you come home and uh, you come back to the block and you can hear Blue Pearl blasting before you even got there somebody like Bully or somebody had been in sticking it on you know <laughs> playing it at full belt so it was always the one song I think everybody would sort of remember me about from there yeah the the stereo was so good and so loud that you just heard it everywhere and i played it all the time because i loved it and then everybody started playing it when i wasn't even there you know and just but i think there's certain people remember that song just for me did that song did that stereo not go into did that stereo go into the four-man room in flamingo block with you i was never in the four-man room were you not no I thought you were. No, nope, never in a four-man room. I got my own room. Because actually... Did you? Yeah, I never had a four-man room. Because the four-man room next to me, we moved to the new place when I was away for the six months. Yeah. And it actually kept me a single-man room. So you had my room there. And uh, I think across from me was Nice Bondswell. Oh, that! Oh, so I. Do you know what? I was. I, I said Flamingo Block. Flamingo Block was the straight corridor. Orkney Block was when we moved to down to the new camp, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's then, right. And then I, had, I think I think uh, Bladesy and I can't remember who else was in the four man room next to me. Yeah, Bladesy so, was, was in. Was in there. Yeah, but I was yeah. with the room right next to me. But there was no. Oh, yes, you were. Yeah, you were up there next to it, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Crikey, there's some stuff happened in that fucking four man room. We'll wait until we'll wait until Bidzy comes on in a few yeah. weeks' time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll maybe get we'll maybe get some of them. So what was yeah. so what was the was it just that general sort of time 
um, and yeah. the, the, the whole like the, the the stereo experience and just it was, it was like it was just, constantly playing. It was the best thing for bass and sound and beat that I had. Yeah, and when you get a new stereo, you just want to blow the absolute shite out of the speakers. So that's what I'd done constantly yeah. with that song because it was so good. They gave it some in the uh, they gave it some in the Granada as well, didn't they? They did. Yeah, you know, yeah, two thousand watts. watts of music power. <laughs> Like they must have took all the oh, they must have took all the wattage from their hoovers. <laughs> so what what's what what one one standout memory do you have from uh, Flamingo Block? There's so many wee bits and things, but the one that made me laugh the most was. Um, I can't remember who it was or what, what was happening, but again, it involves me walking back from the shower. And <laughs> I, had, I, actually had a, I actually had a towel around me at this time. And it's got a tattoo in the arm of Gary on it. Yeah. And of course, nobody knew me as Gary. So <laughs> oh, just, oh, everybody knew you as Paddy. Yeah. So I can't remember yeah. who this guy was. He was It was an LAC who'd just been posted in. It was a brand new guy. And he asked yeah. me why I have got Gary tattooed on my arm. <laughs> so it was me. I can't remember who else it was, but we just played it. You know, that's that's the name of my boyfriend. Yeah. So for about two or three weeks, this guy believed that I had really I was in a relationship with somebody called Gary because he wouldn't think like Paddy was a fake name. He thought that was my name. I was just so gullible, just to rip the absolute shit out of him for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I always remember again that was walking down the corridor because my room was the very last room in the block. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the showers were the very opposite end. Yeah. And I would just like to point out I wasn't walking naked by choice that time. Somebody had half inch metal. Nobody stole your towel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you but you you owned it. <laughs> All I would have needed is right said Fred or something playing as just <laughs> In the corridor. Oh, brilliant! Not one shit given. Yeah. So, it, it, listen, we're 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 we're, ha we're halfway through an hour, and almost perfectly. It's like I kind of, I think, um, we, the, the, we, 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 we we there's a lot of stories that we could tell about those about those days, about the times in the block, about the times in the G. We what about? Of, there's a lot of won't tell. What about okay? What, what what will you tell about Gusset House? Does Why it was like, it called? Does it look like a froze? <laughs> it was what? Does it look like I froze? I'm just like, <laughs> like you <laughs> Let's um, see. So many. St There's only only one thing we'll talk about. There was the party. The party. The party. I think anybody I know who was at it said it's like the best party they have ever been to. Yeah. You know? And um won't go into I details of the party and stuff, but it was yeah. just toga party, remember? You there, yeah? You I wasn't there, there. I was on home no. that weekend, but I know uh, Yeah, I know all about it. There's a lot of people that are a lot of shit. A lot of people there, weren't there? Oh including the, including the elderly corporal. He wasn't there dancing in the living room. <laughs> it's all right. Didn't say any names. 
I feel. And there, was, and, and there was and there was no officers standing at seven o'clock in the morning doing the dishes in their oh, no, dress. No, 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 none at all. No, but um, no, it was. I think it was things like that that really made it. It was a great party. It was a great night. Um, I passed out at one stage and woke up a couple of hours later back on it. Like, but um, I think it was just so many people there, and it's there was no complaints from the neighbours. We we advised the neighbours were having a party and invited them all to it. Yeah. You know, uh, but it was some guy in the far side of the village complained about it. In the far and, side uh, of the village? Aye. And he said we're in the playground smashing bottles. There was nobody from the party was in the playground the whole night. He said yeah. we're in there smashing bottles, causing ruckus. Nobody was. And uh, he complained. And the four or five of us that lived in the house, I think it was four officially and five in total, uh, that lived in the house and just sort of trailed in. Yeah. Right. You're not allowed to live off camp again. Back in. Oof. So we got absolutely crucified for it. But yeah. worth every single minute of it. <laughs> Don't regret one single second. No. 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 I think anybody who was there, orderly corporal, will tell you how good it was. Like it was just a really good night. Yeah. And uh and Mr. Jeff Murgatroyd walking about with his teapot with a a, a leather chamois in it full of punch. Great stuff. Anytime you went to a party with Jeff, he had a, a teapot with a leather chamois in it and punch inside it. I don't know what the idea of the leather chamois was, maybe he can tell you. It was just <laughs> just his thing, you know. But, no uh, clue. No, but that was uh, that was a highlight of the six years and the low light yeah. as well, for obvious reasons. But yeah. um yeah, no, it was good night. Good. It was good. Mm -hmm. So what? What then? After after all the stories and the, and your detachments and your time in the military came to an end, um, what um, what sort of was the deciding factor in you leaving? Um, I had no choice. I basically had to leave. Uh, I was suffering from mental health when mental health was sort of taboo and frowned upon, and there was no help for it. I was getting panic attacks and anxiety attacks quite often, and they didn't know how to deal with me or how to treat me. It's the the way they tried to treat me was send me down to Swindon to a hospital as an inpatient several times. So, you know, they tried their best, but yeah. there was no real way of treating it back then. Mm. You know, there was no. They were just starting to discover what mental health was and what anxiety and stress and all were, and being. Yeah in the service, you know, they knew how to treat severe cases like post-traumatic stress and all that stuff, but somebody like me, they didn't know what to do with. Yeah. So uh, I was downgraded and told I couldn't, couldn't re-sign when my six years was up because I was medically downgraded. And yeah. I just got a, a chance at a part-time job back home again. I was yeah. due to come out in the February and in the December, I just said, right, I'm away. So I went, because yeah. so, I was getting no help, I thought maybe get back home again, it'll help me. Yeah. So I went down, uh, just said, right, I don't want to be here. Because they went, okay, it'll cost you so, so, such. Uh, that was on a Monday. By the Wednesday, I was back home. Crikey, that's, that's quick. Within a week? Yes. Two days. Oh. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. But they, they, they knew they could do nothing with me. There was no, uh, 
they couldn't re-sign me. You know, I couldn't sign again. So it was just a case of, right, he's no, well, most people would agree anyway, he's no use. So just, <laughs> just let's let him go. So I think I, I, I was... What, 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 um, do, you, do you mind, do you mind um, giving a little bit more detail about the, about how it sort of manifests itself with the type of um, sort of mental health challenge that you've had, because a lot of people might not even have sort of heard of it. Are you, are you, you know? I don't know. It's, it's back then, you know, it was kind of people were like, God, you know, what's wrong with him? You know, just give yourself a shake. It was just, I suffer very badly from anxiety and panic attacks. I mean, they're crippling, you know, and, and it's quite it's physical, it's physical with you as well, isn't it? It's like oh, it's, a, it's a, a real physical thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it, it cripples me. It stops me from doing things. It physically stops me dead in my tracks. Yeah. If I'm doing something and I take an attack, travel, travels, travels a big thing, isn't it? As well. I don't. I don't travel because yeah. of anxiety. I have the feeling if I'm not in control of something, if I'm not driving it, I can't control it, and that prevents me from going on. Buses, planes, trains, boats. You know, I just if I'm not in control of it, I can't do it. Yeah. You know, it's it's just it's just a fear thing. If I, I cannot control it, I cannot do this. Right. So it physically does stop me from doing many things and it's it's uh really badly affected my quality of quality of life and enjoyment of life. Yeah. You know? You know, that's where a lot of people are saying about lockdown, this and lockdown, that, how it's so bad for them. As I was told you before. So this is quite, this is the normal for me. But even for me now, this is getting to a stage where I am anxious about lockdown. Mm. You know, I actually need to go out now. So maybe this will have the, re the reverse effect on me and flip me back over again. To maybe, yeah. I do need to go places, I do need to do stuff because... Not having the option to do it is having an effect on me. Whereas before I had the option and chose not to do it. Yeah. Now I have I don't have the option and I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, that but, makes sense at all. Well it, it does. It does and it, and it can I think it can only that can only be a good thing. Um you know, that that kind of flipped back around. Is it is it almost yeah. like does it look like, like almost like cabin fever now yeah. where you're like, right, I need to get out. Yeah, because I've been working at home since March last year. Yeah. And, you know, I do, there's lots of times I'm working, like, uh, it was a couple of months ago, like I was doing 20 days with one off in work, you yeah. know, so it is, the job I do, is, it's not the most glamorous job in the world, but, you know, I enjoy it, and it's, you know, but it can be quite, quite, not stressful, but quite pressured, you know, yeah. and you're doing all them days and hours and stuff, but, yeah. you know, so, I think I went into work for one week, and that was in December. I went in for one week, but the rest yeah. I've been logging in from home every day and working. And just work and working from home. Mm -hmm. so, that's, so I just need to get out, and there's there's nowhere you can go, nothing you can do. I like, I'm not one to go up walking mountains and out for long walks in the countryside and stuff. You know that's not me. So, yeah. but so when you when is. you say you, you know when, when you say like over the years. That, it, that you know, um, it's had the effect of sort of affecting your quality of life. Mm -hmm. uh, what's what 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 what's life? What's life been like since the military? And I guess what was it like during that? You know, in the in the sort of few years that followed 
um, your departure? Um, I think a lot of people would uh, understand when I say that there was a hell of a struggle the first few years. You came away for a life where you're being told what to do. You're being you're in a you're in a you're in a band of brothers. To be honest with you, you know the camaraderie. You live together. You eat together. You work together. It's disciplined. Yeah. You have this, and then you come away. And for the first few years, I didn't cope uh, with the anxiety. You started to get sort of very depressed as well. And what I done rather than go and seek help, because whenever I did seek help, there was nothing there for me before. Was I sort of best way to describe it was self medicated to drink. Yeah, I could only function basically during the week. It was a mess, and at the weekend, I would just go out and I would drink and drink and drink and drink. Mm. And you know, at the time, it was allowing me to do stuff. It was allowing me to go out and go places, but I only had the confidence to do it when I was drunk, or when I had a good drink. Yeah. And it took me until. I came out in 95. It took me four years to realize that's not right. Mm. And what turned it around for me and stopped me, I, I heard, as you know now, I would very rarely touch a drink now. Yeah. Occasionally I'll have a pint in the rugby club or when you guys come over, I'll go on a drink. But I wouldn't go out yeah. every weekend getting drunk or wouldn't sit in the house. I wouldn't even sit in the house and have a drink. Like I'm sitting here tonight with water, you know, that's me. But um, yeah. Whenever, yeah, whenever, whenever Nathan was born, that was kind of like a wake up call to me. Yeah, I went right. This isn't all about you anymore. Mm. You know, you have this young man here. So, you know, it's it, it's sad it takes something like that, which is so, which is very important. Just to realise you, you've been abusing yourself and abusing your life and abusing your family. Yeah. You know, and then I, just that will be triggered. I think it, that'll resonate with a lot with a lot of folk. Uh, um, you know, I, I I was the same. Just a, mm -hmm. you know, looking back and you think, yeah. you know what? There comes a point in life where you you, you got to stand up and accept and take. Yeah. That responsibility. Uh -huh. um, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the perfect father. Far from it. You know, we'll admit that. But I always credit him with actually saving me from myself. His arrival saved me from myself because I was in a, I was self-destructive. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not too proud to admit that. You know, I'm, you know, I think. Yeah, but you're brave enough to admit it, mate. I am now, but back then, you yeah. know, I didn't see it. I didn't say I was just stuck in a selfish bubble of drink and self-pity and, you know, woe is me. Yeah. You know, I was so just feeling sorry for myself all the time. And the only way I could function was going and getting wellied at the weekend. That was it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, it, and it's still, I mean, it's I, 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 I've been there, I know, myself. It's like that, that, that kind of, I think, it's the family... You know, having having children of your own, like you say, it it can act as a as a wake up call for me. It came yeah. a little bit a little bit later, um, which was which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. But it does almost come like, uh, when it does like a slap across the face. And yeah. for me, I mean, it took it took something an awful lot worse. But uh, a slap across the face to kind of say, well, look, if you're not going to do it now, when the hell are you going to do it? You're supposed to be a grown man. You've now got a family. 
you know, isn't it about time you sorted your shit out? <laughs> like I think, like uh, I think the last time I was in a nightclub for a long, for many, many years was me and a certain Mr. Angus, Mr. Angus Neil. Wetting, oh yeah, yeah. We were wetting Nathan's head when he was born in 1999, and I think that was the last time I was in a nightclub. You know, a proper nightclub. Yeah. Crikey. So it was, it was that instant when he was born. It was that instant to me, right? Yeah. Stop it. I remember the year 2000. Everybody's going out celebrating, getting drunk. You know, when the year 2000 came in. Yeah. I sat in the living room in the house, just me and Nathan. Elaine was working. She worked in a nightclub at the time. So she yeah. was out working. Me and Nathan, just us two in the living room in the house, just, oh, midnight. <laughs> you know, I'd rather, I realised I'd rather spend time with him than go out and get drunk. Yeah. You know, so I, that was an easy, that was an easy choice. Wow. So the so the, the next the next phase of life then as as your as your children are growing up, so obviously Nathan's born and and then along comes Taylor. Um, I, did did through that period, did the you know the the the, the children growing up, um, was the, the the camaraderie aspect of the the military sort of um, replaced. Um, if you will, with it, with the children growing up there, because it's it's one of the things that people say, isn't it? You mentioned it earlier on tonight. You miss that when you leave, um, but there's a you know almost a children come along. It's 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 different. It, it's very different, to, isn't it? It's to me, you will never replace the camaraderie those guys had, and yeah. all the guys we know outside. You will never replace that because there's yeah. nothing else like it. You know, it's it's over here. Seeing yeah. your own wee platoon coming along is over here. You know, it's it's, it's very very different, and um, we, here you have us guys. It's camaraderie, it's fun, it's respect with your children. It's pride and it's love. Yeah, you know, um, like I get, I've I've been so proud of them. Uh, for what they have accomplished and what they have done, yeah, uh, it's the pride that gets you. you know? uh, yeah, not just. And again, I'm not saying I could have done. So, I could have done, and even now I'll say I could have done so many better things as a dad that I haven't done or didn't do. But yeah. they have still turned out to be. Well, you've met them, per yeah. per idiots. Yeah, they're, they're brilliant. Brilliant. That I love very much. But they're both they are, the they are both absolutely fantastic and intelligent, clearly taking their mother's brains. <laughs> As we've said. And, and looks. And looks. There's no I can't argue that whatsoever. There's no there's no argument to be had. Although I'll tell you one thing, Nathan certainly has your sense of humour. And it's one of the the only thing, the only thing when we're over that is funnier than you and Nathan when you get into a conversation and you're bouncing off each other is Nathan and Angus when they're together. <laughs> and Lord that, Lord. They, they should have their own stand-up. They are absolutely that's hilarious. What I said. That's, that's what I said when we're you getting get the them here. That's what I, I that's what I said. We get the T-shirts printed for Nathan and Mangus. Should be Stan and Ollie. 
Yeah, it should be. Because it should be. Um, I've never seen the like of the pair of them. They just absolutely. Do you know why we 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 would perhaps lightly rip each other and have yeah. wee jags at each other? They just tear each other to bits. I know. And they both love it. <laughs> they both love it. You can't get. You can't no. get. They just egg each other, egg each other on, and kind of like g each other up. They kind of like you know, oh, it's like it's almost it's like a competition. Uh, they're they're the, savages. They're just savages. Yeah, you know, they are. But but but, but I'm not just saying they're they're being savage each other, but it's the humour in which they deliver it and the way they deliver it. And yeah, I don't think, and I would kind of say if anybody had a bad thing to say about the other one, yeah. You know, no, they wouldn't have it. They're allowed no. to say what they say about each other, but no one else is. Seems <laughs> pretty much like it. Yeah, yeah. It is, isn't it? Uh-huh. So, listen, would you mind? Because I I love this story, um, but to hear it from somebody else, I I think you mentioned about the missing camaraderie, and you you, you mentioned about the um, uh, about band of brothers when you're in the military. Mm-hmm. Do you want so do you want to tell folk how? Um, I think Facebook came around for most of us in and about 2007, um, 2007-ish, which mm-hmm. is when a lot of our reconnecting started on the likes of Facebook, where there was maybe a bit of friends reunited before or, um, yeah. but I think Facebook kind of kicked it off. But it was, for us, it was kind of really Twitter, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that really kind of kick-started our little band of brothers reconnecting um do you want to do you want to fill in the, the gaps between twitter until the belt of the belfast trip started because it's an amazing story nice the first thing that happened when i realized i haven't spoke to any of you guys for many years yeah and I got a message. I don't know what it was on Twitter or Facebook. I got a message from you. And the first line of it was, where the hell did you go to? Yeah. That was it. Was. I just, where yeah. the hell did you go to? I was like, oh, oh hello, Graham. Because <laughs> you know, then you started talking again a wee bit. You were saying, you just disappeared. But now you know the reason why. Like, it was only two days after. I just, I just went left. Yeah. And yeah, then we, were, we just started on Twitter. And we started just... We sort of then, I think we just very, very quickly realised that none of us had changed. <laughs> we were all still arseholes. <laughs> we were all still arseholes. Unfortunately, depending yeah. on which way you get. Yeah. And then we found that we had what you would call is, which is probably something we never talked about back in the day. As no. You know, was we all had an absolute passion and love of boxing. Yeah. And, you know, quite, you know, we're not saying we're all genius in it, but some of us are, we know a wee bit about this, and we were, but I think when we got together and talked, we were quite knowledgeable about it as a collective. Yeah. And, you know, we learned, we bounced off each other, and it was just going back and forth about boxing that sort of brought us even closer together. We'll get you qualified what? as a judge yet, mate. What? I said, we'll get you qualified as a judge yet. No. Mind no, you, some of the right. some of the dodgy some of the dodgy predictions that you've had over the years. <laughs> I don't like to go with the crowd. You all pick a favourite, mate. You yeah, all pick then, a favourite, mate. I just like to go right. outsider. Because one day, one day, somebody that I pick is actually going to win a fight, and I'm going to be like, "I told you so." 
that's what's going to happen <laughs> one day. <laughs> so let's so let, let's so let's do it on here because months before it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. I already yeah. know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you so that everyone else can see who's going to win: Fury, Joshua, Fury. <laughs> I knew you'd say that because I've never. I don't. I don't rate AJ. No, I know. <laughs> I just think he's a. He's just a. He's just a two thousands version of Bruno. But wasn't Bruno amazing? Yes, but they've both got similar chins. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Now listen. I mean, look, Vladimir Klitschko, right? Champion for ten years, hit Joshua with some absolute steel hammer. And he got up and he beat him. So only because I mean, only because I would, Fury I mean, only because Fury have already taken Fury, Fury better have, than Fury Sorry? Have already, Fury have already taken Klitschko's soul by that stage though. <laughs> he took his soul before the fight. Yeah. <laughs> Klitschko didn't him. in the ring, he was beat about a month before Fury. Like as soon as that Batman costume came out, he, he ruined was like, oh, fuck. He absolutely ruined him. No, um, like when I say I don't rate AJ, you know, I'm not going to tell him his face, let's be honest. But um, <laughs> uh, no, I just think uh, Fury, if Fury has that in gear, um, yeah. he's the best in the world. Yeah. He's probably, the, I think he's probably maybe, if if he has everything in the right place at the right time, I honestly believe he could be the best heavyweight there's ever been. Yeah, He is that skillful. Well, I, I I I tend to agree when it comes to those, and I've and I've watched them, and I I I, I mean you never know, but the one thing that he said that is very very true, and and it's why I kind of is that with most people, most boxers and their trainers, they'll sit and they'll work out, a, a, you know, they're going in with a game plan and they'll have a plan B. That doesn't happen with Fury. He goes in the ring with a plan to win, and and he and he said this himself. He doesn't know what he's going to do. And, and yes, they work through it. But it's one bit that I genuinely believe that he will have a rough plan, but it will be he will move and flex from it and adapt and do what he needs to do to win. And I don't think that he knows before the fight what that will be. That it just... It, it, and I think it's, it's natural. I think he's, got, he's naturally talented in a way that, you know, Anthony Josh has slogged it and worked hard, no doubt. Yeah. But there's, a, there's a, a raw talent there with, with with Fury that does not come along very uh, often. Talking about a, a plan in there, be, I don't think he needs it because he in there he has a plan A to Z. Yeah, he's he's so intelligent. You know, right. it's 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 scary actually. Like, you know, the speed he has as well for a big man is just. And I'm not just talking about the speed of his hands. You look how many people have tried to hit him in the head. Just I know it's crazy, away. isn't it? You know, it's You've got to love the heavyweight division, haven't you? Got yeah. to love the heavyweight division. And yet, anything it was anything can happen. Yes. And yet, it wasn't a heavyweight fight that brought us all back. We'd come back together on Twitter, hadn't we? We, yeah. were, all, we were all getting catching up on Twitter for the fights and stuff like that. And then we briefly went our toe into creating our own website, SaturdayNightFightClub.com, which is mm -hmm. still there. Some of our old reviews on it. 16 um, million views. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's not how I remember it. 16, just. 16. <laughs> uh, 
60. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it wasn't a heavyweight fight that actually no. that reunited us um, in person, was it? No. It was, I think it was Mark says, uh, it was the Carl Frampton Scott Quick fight. Yeah. Wasn't it? And it Mark was. Goes, when did we try and get tickets for Man? Or he said, we tried to get tickets to see it in Manchester. Yeah, because it was in and Manchester. Wasn't it? They were sold out and they couldn't get tickets. So yeah. we just says, right, well, if you can't go out in Manchester, why not come and watch it in Belfast, where Frampton's from in the pub? Because it would be buzzing. Yeah. So, and, as it, and as it turned out, what pub did we watch it in? His local? His local. Well, not as local. It's not It's not as local, local, but it's where he moved to as the pub. Yeah, he kind of. I think it was the night of the night, two nights after we were in there. He was in the it pub, was wasn't it? He was in. So yeah. it's the pub he would have frequented where he moved to. But yeah, uh, yeah but it was, it was an interesting night. Interesting <laughs> day. Interesting weekend. Oh my god! And it was that good that we did it again. In fact, we 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 we've only missed one year. So that was that first was that was two thousand and sixteen, wasn't it? Yeah. Two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, sixteen, seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, eighteen, and then twenty, and twenty. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And it would have been. And this and weekend, we all, it would actually been. It would actually have been this weekend, wouldn't it? Or next weekend? Next weekend. Next weekend yeah. would have been the 2021 yeah. now, but coronavirus has uh, <laughs> kicked that into touch yeah. for this year. Yeah. It's not cancelled, it's postponed. Well, it's actually, for any, we, we should tell we should tell um, uh, we should tell the guys this now what we spoke about last night, shouldn't we? Yes, I need, hold on. I, need, I, I was looking at this weekend's fixtures. I don't know what the next ones is, so we need to look um, and see what fixtures looking, we have. Yeah. So shall I, shall, I, shall I tell what we were suggesting for anybody? Suggesting? You, you fill air while I find out what matches are on. Yes, let's do that. So what we were what we were talking about um, was, uh, as Gary said, next, uh, next weekend would have been the weekend that we had planned on being in Belfast, all of us. So last year we ended up um, uh, with, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about those years. We started off with six of us. And kind of increased numbers last year. There was fifteen of us there, um, so it would have been um, in two weeks' time where we would have been over. But obviously, that's not happening. So what so, we are suggesting is that we do. Was it the twenty sixth, twenty seventh weekend? Was it? Yes, that was it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what we were what we were suggesting, you got something lined up there, was that for anybody that would have been considering uh, or lined up to come to Belfast um, or anybody that we'd even spoken about it, what we're considering doing, in fact we're going to do it because you and I will do it and then if anybody else wants to join us then they can, we're going to set up a Zoom call, similar to the ones that we set up monthly um, but we're going to do a Zoom call for one of the the rugby matches because normally when we're in Belfast we will have a, a reunion pint or two, just a, a light sherry normally on the Friday night. Um, <laughs> this is correct, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, and then on the Saturday, we convene at Lisburn Rugby Club um, for, a, uh, for a lunch and then rugby. Normally, we've got either the, the first, second or third team are, are playing at home. And then we have one of the Six Nation games on in the club, and we all sit 
have a few drinks, have a great laugh. So we're going to do that, but we're going to do it over Zoom. So you need to provide your own match, but the match that we've chosen to open up the live Zoom and all watch it together, cue Gary, or that way. On the 27th of February, at yeah. 16.45. That's the one. Wales v England. Oh, yes, we'll have a bit of that. We'll have a bit of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. There is a match, we'll there is a match before it. Italy play Ireland before that, but on the 27th of February, Wales v England, Zoomathon. There we go. There we go. So, so listen, I've got, um, we're just, a, we're a bit over nine, but there's two more things that I want to ask you about. So, obviously, the, um, the last, the last trip I am thinking, does the last trip that we were over have anything to do um, with your last song choice? Does it? I think you know that. So, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Cinnamon's Belter. Yeah, I don't know. It just it sort of accidentally came in to be the the anthem of the weekend. It did everywhere we went, we were singing it, and you know, and then we were singing it all weekend, and then we went to the play on the Saturday night, and the guy playing the music in the play just struck it up. He did. I just went nuts. <laughs> it was just. And I think, I think we've, got, we've not got a video of it. There's a video floating about somewhere of it. Um, yeah. But I just there's think a, it's something... There's, there's a few videos floating about for that weekend, eh, Hammy? Yeah. Yes, Hammy, <laughs> your video, your video's spot on. <laughs> Rip Van Winkle. Um, oh. But uh, I just think to end the Saturday night with that song playing, yeah. it just sort of you know, summed up the whole weekend. It was just... And as you stood there and looked around... Um, just stand looking around, all the guys were dancing around the bar and singing and stuff and all like that. And you just went, you know what? It's yes. been all right, Hannah. You know? Yeah. It's been brilliant. So it's, yeah. to me, it's sort of captivated. This brought the whole weekend together. You know? Right. And it was. It's, it was it's, never, it's never been anything. We said that after the first one, to a man, every single one of us said, we've not laughed this much in years. And then the next year, we said, we've not. We've laughed even more this weekend. We thought, uh-huh. will the sheen be taken off the second year because it was like novelty and we hadn't seen each other for so yeah. long? No. And then the second year was even better. Uh-huh. I sort of judge it by how many days it takes me, my ribs to recover. <laughs> yeah. I'm not joking, I'm serious, because the, f- the first year I have never been in so much pain as I was the two days after it. Because <laughs> I hadn't laughed so much in many years and my ribs were just... I was just... Yeah. So 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 sore. I really did take me days to recover after, and that was just purely from laughter right. and maybe shots. I don't know. Mature night man. A shot yes. every drink. Good call, Graham. So without, so so we will definitely definitely be doing it again um, uh, as soon as we possibly can. So that so that there's there's one there's one other thing to ask you. You know you you know what it is. I've saved the. Um, I've, I've saved this until last because. Oh, was this the one? It, is this a surprise question you said you were going to ask me? Uh, no. Uh, what's your American accent like? No comment. <laughs> there not, you one go, of our, not one of our proudest moments, but it was funny. No. 
<laughs> we'll maybe share that one another time. That's another uh, time, but it, it ended yeah. up being very funny. Yes, it did. It did. The last, uh, no, the last question is in and around um, what everybody has seen transform uh, over the last sort of six months or so. Since August. Yeah. Yeah, so six months. Six months, five stone. First of all, on behalf of everybody that's watching, outstanding. You know how proud of you we all are. Uh, you, you, you mentioned what, it. Um, what an amazing feat. So first of all, congratulations. Um, but what, I, I mean, what, uh, what inspired that to start from like where you were and to, to stick with you know um right through to you know to where you're at now that wasn't easy so no. you know what inspired it and kind of what kept you going what inspired it was i couldn't put my socks on without getting out of breath but uh, <laughs> no uh, that was actually possibly joking aside that was the turning point for me one morning i just went you know, I was sitting on my bed when I put a sock on and I actually had to physically, instead of just bringing my foot up, I physically had to grab my leg, bring it up, put my sock on. And I just went, yeah. that's not that's not right. So that was that was the eureka moment. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've been sort of, I've been what you'd call a shite dieter for years. I've struggled with my weight for a long, long time. A long time. And uh, what I've done, like, uh, just after Taylor was born, I was 22, just over 22 stone. And I dieted for a, for a yeah, year. Really, really says just wow, well done, Paddy. So, Julie. Uh, so I dieted for a year and got down to 17. But that was going to the gym every day. Uh, St. Ali's comment there. Um, <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> but that, that gradually went back on to me again until I was about 19 stone. And then, was that, I actually have to say, it was that conversation you and me had outside the Premier Inn? Yeah. It 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 wasn't a light bulb moment, but it yeah. sort of put the light, it, it put the light bulb in the head. Yeah. Which. I, I still don't even know. I don't, I, I have no clue where that came from. But it, it was, was just kind of spooky. And it was. It, it put the light bulb in the head, which was you just said quickly before I finish off there. What it was? So, yeah, and I, I, I didn't. It was after we got home. Did, did I tell you that? Right? No, I did. I told you right there and then. So you this was on the. Outside, yeah. yeah, we were. This was on the Sunday outside the Premier Inn, and we were standing there, and, and I had, I'd actually not drank a lot. Um, over the weekend because that yeah. was kind of like my big final um, sort of uh, proving to myself that I could drink one or two. Yeah. Um, I was standing outside, so it wasn't as if I'd, you know, I, I was kind of full of booze. And, but the, we were standing in a circle outside the Premier Inn and we were all just, um, t I think we were all exhausting all of the stories of the last sort of like 25 years that hadn't already been shared over the weekend. And everybody was chatting, and I just kind of stood quietly. I was enjoying listening to the stories, but I was directly opposite in this sort of circle of us all from you. And I just I had a moment there where I was I kind of almost closed my eyes over a little bit, but as I was listening, 
And as I looked over at you, you were talking, and I and I heard you, and and saw in my in in my vision, like you from that weekend fade away, and the Gary Barlow that I remembered meeting at Buckin and having such a laugh with those was standing right in front of me, to a T. It was like. You just you almost appeared as a vision of that guy in front of me. And I just, and I smiled. And then when I told, I, did I did I take you aside and tell you or did I say to yeah, everyone? you took me aside and told Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, I just thought, you know what, very, very, quite surreal for me. But, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought, Pinky's never stopped smoking the weed, has it? <laughs> <laughs> Stoned again, but you know, uh, it's sort of the must. It, it's put something in there, and then, like, you know, people are saying to me, "Oh, well done, you've done so well." But no, I don't. You know, I don't want people to say, "Well done." I'm just. I yeah, you do. Myself, I shouldn't. No, yeah, you I don't. Do. I, don't because <laughs> I should never. I should never have let myself get in that state in the first place. Yeah. You know, I'm angry at myself for that, and mm. I have. Okay, I have worked hard, and I've. You know. I have worked hard. I'm still walking every day and doing exercise every day, but I shouldn't have yeah. let it get to the point where I've had to lose so much weight. Yeah. You know, so I failed at something, and then they get people to say, "Oh, well done for doing this. You've done so well. This, that, and the other." Inspirational? No. If it was inspirational or if I'd done so well, I would never have put myself in that position to begin with. So I'm, but actually, again, I'm just reco- I'm recovering. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think I've done anything that people say inspirational. No. If it was inspirational, I would never have got to that size, and that's the way yeah. I look at it, you know. Yeah, but like you, you, the, a really good point there that you said you, you're recovering. Um, so I, my ne- my question there is, um, what what's next? Um, next is that. Right. I need to sort it out. Uh, I do how think do we, because how do, we, how do we do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because it's 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 ruined my life for maybe twenty five years. Yeah. Um. Because I say at the problem at the time at the, the problem at the time was there wasn't any of these therapies or anything. These there was no fix for it. People just went, yeah. give yourself a shake, you know, get over yourself, give your head a walk. Yeah. But now there's ways of dealing with it. So my question is, has it gone too far for me, or can I bring it back? And I want to try and bring it back. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I and, think you, if, and, and that's the thing. You know that you've, you're surrounded with people that have got your back, that will do whatever it takes to to, to help you achieve that. Yeah, baby steps, mate. That's all it is. It's baby yeah. steps, one step at a time. It's like, you know, we we, we kind of sometimes fall into that trap in life of thinking that you know you've got to take massive, big leaps. And the reality is that small steps, consistently over time. Is what eventually reaps the big rewards. So I need to, yeah. I need to educate. I need to educate myself a wee bit first, a wee bit further, and educate myself, and then, yeah. and then JFDI. JFDI, what a great place to end this week! <laughs> Absolutely brilliant, mate. An hour and a quarter, and I could stay on talking to you all night, but sometimes it you seems do. Like I think it seems on that note a great place to finish. No problem. Um, well, thanks. Thank you thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, mate. Listen, um, we've had uh, let's we've had some more comments on there. 
um, as well. Uh, let me just put some of the ones up that I didn't. Um, we can give a shout out. We saw that from, uh, yeah, was the Stereotechnics. Yeah, I think it was, yes, wasn't it, was. it? Did you see uh, what Ali had said there? Uh, Walter Dees. Was that Walter D. Oh. Allen's? Oh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, look. <laughs> Walter D. Allen's. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Those were the days, eh? Absolutely. Unbelievable. Right, listen, thank you all very much, everybody, for tuning in. Um, hopefully, we don't get shut down with the old uh, Facebook and YouTube police this time. Um, Gary, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank Thanks you. Thanks very much, very Thanks indeed. to everyone who's called around. Thank you. See you there. Gary, stay on.